Who am I? Why am I here? Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I shall not seek and I will not accept the nomination of my party for another term as your president. Tear down this wall. And the wall just got 10 feet taller. We're going to California and Texas and New York. And we're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. From the second floor of the AC building, this is Election Shock Therapy. We're back! We're back! We're back! Yeah, this is... Uh, clear, this all, is clear the dust off your vocal cords, right. wind this thing up. This is the first sign of autumn, right? Is the uh, return of EST. <laughs> I thought it was the swallows returning to Capistrano. Or okay, it's the second sign <laughs> of autumn. Although, did we beat the swallows this year? I don't know. Maybe, that, maybe we are the first sign. I, I think we are the swallows. <laughs> all right. Uh, the freshmen are back, guys. Everybody's moving in. There's a lot of very confused uh, little, uh, little people. Um, some of them, a lot, a lot of them are taller than me. Um, I don't think we and, should be saying And their this. parents, and they're here. They're buying books and stuff. They're changing shirts. their schedules, they're changing. as I can report. Yeah. So. They're wearing Bethel paraphernalia. R- rough estimate, Sam. How many schedule changes have you affected this fall? This fall or this summer? This summer. Uh, this summer we count, not me personally, but our team, about 400. Okay. All right. I mean, and there's only like 550 incoming students. So, so you changed do the math 70% <laughs> of the schedules yes. of the incoming class. Yeah, I was looking at my advisee list, and I, I went to Bethany Upsada. I walked over to her, and I said... Why is it that I know the I like I already know all of these people and they're new incoming <laughs> students as it's like cuz we've done we've worked with all of them so Yep. Yeah. Do you think you would win a game of name the freshman amongst all like You can't do it by face though cuz so much is like online yeah. or phone calls or things mm-hmm. like that so Fair point. Yeah. So if, but, but, like, but if you did like one of your this or that's and it was like Bethel freshman or um, U.S. Congress person, like I would, I would be good at that. <laughs> Not because I know Congress well, but because I know Bethel Freshman. All right. So, what are we doing today, Chris? We could not figure out how to kick this podcast back off, mostly because. A few things have happened this summer. Yeah, politics waits for no podcast, doesn't it? Right. It just keeps going, <laughs> even more on especially in the Trump era. Washington summers, kind of the slow down, silly season. Uh, no, it stayed silly, but it sped up, and so it was like the silly season on meth. And we had a just a huge number of events that happened this summer. The most boring way we could have dealt with those things is just to do a twelve-hour podcast and walk through everything that happened in June, July, and August. We could have skipped it all, but that seems weird to kind of jump back in, pretend like some of those things just didn't happen, or mm-hmm. make oblique references to them. <laughs> I pitched these guys on doing a full-style, off-Broadway song-and-dance number about everything that happened this summer. Resignation, resignation. There's a but, lot of those. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, they, they turned me down. So in lieu of that, uh, Sam has come up with a little game for us to play called How I Spent My Summer Vacation. That's right. So, so what I had each of you guys do is I had each of you took a month and I had you write down events and the dates that they happened on. So I have this mm-hmm. big jar here full of little slips of paper with um, events for the summer and their dates. Now, I noticed when you submitted those that there were... Um, there were some big gaps in there, um, like, okay. kind of like mid-July. It seemed like things really actually did slow down. I'm looking at Chris, who did the July right. ones. So I thought, we should probably fill those gaps in. So I was thinking, what was the big theme? And you've already touched on this, of the summer in, in the White House. And that's like the White House HR department has been working overtime. Yes. Right? So <laughs> I was thinking, A lot of extra thinking, W-2s. I was thinking <laughs> what other HR department this summer has been working overtime? And... What came to mind to my um, to my joy is that the Minnesota Timberwolves HR department has been working a lot this That's summer true. too. That's true. So I, so I maybe put in some other NBA transactions that happened this summer <laughs> in here as well, just to kind of stir the pot a little bit. A lot of it is Timberwolves related. Okay. Um, so yeah, when we so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna pull out a first event and we're gonna go around here and you're gonna take turns. So we'll start with Chris. Yep. And mm-hmm. he has to tell us whether the next event is going to be before or after that event chronologically. Right. Okay, so so I'm gonna, I'll am gonna give you the date along with the event. Give me the date. Okay, good. Yes, All right. yes. Now, yeah. if, you, uh, if you notice, what did I hand each of you before this started? Yeah, I've got three little, three little cards pieces. here that say uh, discus. No, they say discuss. Okay, I was, I'm a bad speller, so it might have said discus. <laughs> so, so because we can't talk about everything, each of you 
has three times you can basically hit the emergency I want to talk about this button, and okay. we will actually discuss that event. So we're going to okay. talk about nine events on here, okay? Okay. So you guys are just going to keep going. Yep. So think about how you want to play your card. Ooh. You know what about a third of the events in here are because you supplied them. You don't necessarily know what the other people And if two people play their, play their discuss card on the same event, we have to argue about it. That's right. And there'll All be right. dice rolls, too, <laughs> yeah. for like initiative. Okay. Roll, roll for initiative. <laughs> right. Okay. That's the nerdiest thing I can say right now. Chris. Does only oh, the person does going. only the person who plays the discuss card get to talk about it? No, because okay. you, you actually don't even have okay. to be the one who talks. You can say okay. you can play it and say, Mitchell, I want you to talk talk to us. Oh, okay. so oh, nice. you can assign it. You Ooh. just can't assign it. So to it's kind of like an attack card. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So here is our first our first card our our, our first event August eighth. All right. Trump states North Korea best not make any more threats to the United <laughs> States, and says that. They will be met with fire, fury, and frankly, power the likes of which the world has never seen before. Never seen before. Yes. So that um, so we're looking at August eighth. There, um, Chris, is the next event going to be before or after that? Uh, I'm playing the numbers here. It's got to be before. Okay, gentlemen, remember you can discuss right. whenever you would like. Next event is before July sixth. Office of Government Ethics Director Walter Schaub Jr. resigned. Concern that Trump's conflicts of interest put the U.S. at risk of being a kleptocracy. Is that a quote from him? Uh, that is correct. Okay. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm getting him out of the way early. I'm throwing in a discuss card. All right. Card. There's a discuss card. <laughs> All right. I need like a siren to go off. <laughs> All right. Discuss. Oh, um, by the way, Chris gets one point for being correct on Yeah, Chris. So. Oh, thank you. All right. Because <laughs> the winner gets to do the parting shot, gets to like sum up. Oh, that's the reward. It's like around nice. the horn kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Gents, uh, Walter, uh, the United States has had a government, an office of government ethics um, for decades. Mm-hmm. This is generally the kind of thing that flies well under the radar of the media. Is Walter Schaub's resignation, obviously we're not talking about it now, how meaningful is this? I'm looking at our Americanist. <laughs> uh, I think it. <clears throat> excuse me. I think it depends on uh, what what level of meaning you're looking at. I think if you're thinking about um, in terms of public opinion and whether people who you know whether regular people will find this meaningful, I think it's not very meaningful. I mm-hmm. think most people, mm-hmm. um, as you said, this is usually under the radar. Most people have never heard of this person, um, and so this isn't <clears throat> this isn't something that actually mm-hmm. uh, regular voters or anything are going to put much stock. Is this in. a Trump appointee or is this somebody who was just already there? No, he preceded Trump. Uh, they, they tend to have. I can't remember how. Are these appointed? Are, are they? They're appointed, yeah, okay. but they tend to have uh, terms that last longer than a single administration. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, like FBI. Director. Could you name his predecessor? I could not. Okay. Could no, any no. of you? Okay. No. But, but, but what do you think about his prognosis? Is the United States in danger of being a kleptocracy? Well, that's. I think. I think that's the next level to think about. Like, is this person who's been hired, you know, mm-hmm. specifically to think about ethics? Does the fact that he feels like. Um, you know, after and, and 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 he was vocally critical of Trump before. I think this is yes. part of the. This is, of course, is part of the reason why he felt like he needed to simply resign, and it wasn't enough. You know, he had been vocally critical; nobody cared, basically. Right. Um, he even so subtweeted the president during his right. uh, lack of disclosure of his in, in, mm-hmm. uh, tax returns, for Texas, example. Yeah. So, what is the job of this person if 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 they feel like things are going in an unethical direction they leave what is their <laughs> I'm sorry, like, like, yeah. what is their job supposed yeah. to be are uh, they supposed to like speak out are yeah. they like an yes. ombudsman or like like or what they often play a role most directly when uh, people join the administration mm-hmm. um, or members of Congress who uh, have complex investments or complex conflicts of interest uh, the office of government ethics can often make rulings and explain where those things may be appropriate or inappropriate for an elected official or an appointed official and in some ways that they're there to protect the officials too I mean mm-hmm. to make sure that yes. they don't run into legal trouble I mean you know it's sort of the things so that you don't get you know you don't get elected to Congress you didn't know that you were supposed to put you know your business in a blind trust or something like that and lo and behold a few months later you know you're brought up on charges of corruption you know right. so it's, so it's partially for that but um, but it's also to try to it's also of course to try to promote ethics mm-hmm. in, in the government so it seems like in some ways he's saying I just can't do my job right, right. under these circumstances because yeah. There's such a fundamental corruption. It probably would be good, Chris, to define for um, listeners what is kleptocracy. What do we mean by that word? Really good so. point. 
So um, kleptocracy comes from the same uh, uh, root uh, word um, as uh, kleptomania, uh, the, a compulsive uh, um, compulsive theft. Right. Uh, klepto means theft, and so kleptocracy is, is government by thieves. Is mm-hmm. there a famous kleptocracy you could point to? Yeah, most kleptocracies we look at are uh, third world dictatorships, yeah. like Robert Mugabe is a famous kleptocrat. Right. Uh, and kleptocrats differ from oligarchs, and oligarchy is a small group of people right. who control uh, a government – and often enrich themselves, but a, right. a kleptocracy is different in that the purpose of controlling government is personal enrichment. Okay. Right. A lot of there were a number of African dictators. I mean, one, another one of the really famous ones is Mobutu, and what was then Zaire, sure. now the Democratic Republic of Congo. I mean, he was just filing, you know, sending all this money into Swiss bank accounts, building himself these lavish, you know, sort of palaces, buying these yachts, right? Um, while his country's in poverty and the infrastructure is completely hmm. sort of underdeveloped and not, I mean. In some cases, not developed at all. There was no in- infrastructure, really. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're kind of talking about. We're obviously not there as a country. And so in that sense, I mean, this seems a we're a long, a long ways. Um, what we're really talking about is things like, you know, Trump, you know, sort of favoring his own businesses, using his businesses for official events and stuff like that, um, which I agree is ethically problematic. But it's it's a big difference between what where we are as a country and where, say, you know. Um, Zaire was. <laughs> and are people joining the Trump administration for the purposes of getting rich? That would be a definition of a kleptocracy. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, there I'm, I'm skeptical. I, I'm really skeptical. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sympathetic to the argument about his family, that his family might be doing this and that he might be doing this. But I do not think I'm really seeing that with the officials joining his administration. I just, yeah, I, I'm doubtful. All right. All right. So that was July 6th. Mitch, you're up next. Is the next event going to be before or after? you got one right kind of that's in the that's middle. That's a tough one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say... Uh, I'm, I'm going to say before. So it's going to be before July 6th. Oh, after July uh, 6th, July uh. 10th. The Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> sign guard Jeff Teague and forward Taj Gibson. So I'm very that kind of rounds out the Wolves roster. This is sort of later <laughs> yeah. in their their big free agency push, but I'm really excited about both of these. Both okay. the uh, Taj Gibson's going to be a solid contributor. <laughs> you Wait, would not play your who played their discussion card here? I didn't see a discussion card. Let's move on. All right. Andy, uh, July 10th, um, before or after? After. He says it's going to be after July 10th. August 15th, yes. Trump blames <laughs> violence in Charlottesville on, quote, both sides oh. and claims that there were very fine people on both sides after unexpectedly taking questions in an infrastructure press conference. White supremacist leaders praise Trump's, quote, honesty. Yeah, we should discuss this one. So I'll go ahead and toss in one of my. Oh, okay. Um, because we can't skip this one, really. Um, the problem here is that it was, yeah. very, it was a typo in his comments. It wasn't very fine. It was very fiend. Oh, see, that would have made yeah, that would clear everything up, wouldn't it? Yeah, and that's why <laughs> you have to read very carefully on yeah. the teleprompter. <laughs> Except that, of course, he wasn't reading off the teleprompter, so. Oh, okay. Oops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, just to sort of kick off, I mean, one of the things that's been. Uh, interesting is just that you know this basically reflects John Kelly not being able to reign in the president. I mean, right. one mm-hmm. of the most famous John Kelly is uh, he is uh, now the chief of staff. Okay, so former, we may be talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he uh, uh, basically one of the most one of the things to come out. I mean, there's a lot of things to come out of this press conference, but one of the things is a, now a very famous picture of Kelly basically like shrinking up into fetal position behind Trump um, as <laughs> rocking as the, back and forth slowly. Yeah, yeah, as as this is going on, because basically, of course, this is the opposite of what he wanted to happen. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, this this, this press yeah. conference was supposed to be about. Uh, infrastructure <laughs> um, and bridge building, yeah. Liter- not not figurative, literal bridge literal building, <laughs> and and instead it's somehow about um, instead he found himself watching the president blow up metaphorical bridges. Oh, so, yeah, um, them, yeah I mean this is powder. just really it, it's just really a problematic moment. I mean, um, presidents usually understand that even if they have sort of you know. If they think that the situation is more complicated, right, that in moments like this, when there's been violence, when there's been acts of really overt racism, that you have to come out with a really strong statement against it, that you focus on the simple argument and not anything um, else that you might think be might be complicating it, right, uh, however legitimate that might be, and you make a really strong moral statement on behalf of the nation. And Trump just seems unable to do that. I mean, he doesn't seem to be able to make statements on behalf of the nation he can only really talk about what is of interest um, and reflects the views of Donald Trump in a given moment, which is why he, he has to respond to sort of attacks on himself with his Twitter account and so forth, right? And I think here, too, we just see his inability to rise above sort of his personal wrestlings to sort of speak for the nation in a way that would have been helpful. 
Um, and even, you know, even when he did come out and condemn them, I mean, it just felt t- too little, too late, too weak. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was really an unfortunate moment. Yeah. I think one of the things, um, this was kind of in preparation for, for today, but also just for my own um, getting ready for the semester, too. I went ahead. I hadn't had a chance yet um, since I have a new baby. I'm still catching up on a lot of things. Congratulations. So, yeah. Um, but, but one of the things I was catching up on last night, and um, I'm sure my wife loved this, but uh, I watched the Vice documentary on uh, the Charlottesville events. She did love events. it. Yeah. She was really happy. Sure. I, think, I think it was her favorite show. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so, at any rate, I watched the Vice documentary, and, and uh, just to anyone who's listening, if you haven't Watch that. It's I highly recommend. This is uh, you know basically must see viewing. I think, um, and basically you know I was I was struck by that, and then I went back to look at Trump's comments, like to see like, you know just so I had this sort of in my head, mm-hmm. like what was actually going on versus what you know President Trump was saying, where he was trying to argue. You know I didn't include this in the clip I sent Sam, but you know he's trying to uh, argue something along the lines of there are very fine people who just wanted to protest the tearing down of a statue. Mm-hmm. And you watch the film and you see, you know, who is actually there, what were they actually doing? And it's quite clear that that's just not the case. I right. mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's very clear that you have, you know, literally hundreds of people, you know, the, the night before with torches mm-hmm. who are doing Nazi mm-hmm. salutes, chanting Nazi slogans. Right. Um, you know, and right. this is, you know, this is they're not hiding at all. This is very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next day you have those same people returning, most of them armed. Um, you know, pretty much literally to the teeth. Um, you know, they document people. You know, one of the people, uh, the reporters actually go back to his hotel room and they watch him as he basically takes off, you know, four or five weapons. Um, uh, and so basically, you know, when you think about what was actually happening mm-hmm. there, uh, and of course, they, and they also have the video of the uh, white supremacists running into the counter protesters with the car, right. you know, and so you think about right. all those things and then you juxtapose that against, you know, what President Trump wants to say, which is where you say, mm-hmm. well, you know, there were a lot of good people there. You know, it's really difficult to sort of see that and to think about what who was who he actually seeing? Who's actually mm-hmm. there that is a very fine person? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a, uh, a, a continuing conversation about this. And I, I just, mm-hmm. um, I, don't, I don't get myself in hot water, but I'll stand hot water adjacent. And, and, and also, and offer that there's, a, there's a, um, a contrary point of view to what, to what Mitch just said, which is that um, although I think it's deplorable the uh, the entirety of the white nationalist gathering that occurred mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Charlottesville, those groups drew from different populations. Now, they end up doing the same kinds of things. I think Mitch yep. is right mm-hmm. about that. But right. you had people there who were neo-Nazis. You right. had people there who were KKK. And people there who were white nationalists, pro-Confederacy folks. Right. And they do come from somewhat different motivations. A lot mm-hmm. of those same motivations mm-hmm. lead them to racist, um, sexist, uh, um, violent kinds of motives, but they are motivated somewhat differently. As somebody who cares about extremist groups, um, I think we need to pay attention to that and not mm-hmm. just assume that this is um, some kind of group we should... We, we should uh, the media is lumping them all together, right. much as they're lumping the counter-protesters right. together, right. and I think it's dangerous to do that. Right. And I think there's one other point we should add here, too, which is that, in one sense, I mean, if I'm going to take a sympathetic sort of take on the president's comments for a minute, right? Um, that's that's a little is, bit of what I was trying to he, do there. Yeah, and, and I'll go one step further, right? Like, he he's recognizing that a lot of his supporters, while they are not neo-Nazis and not, you know, KKK and so forth, right, um, they are also going to be uneasy about taking down these statues, right? They're going to see this as a, a violation of history, as a trying to, you know, sort of change um, what the past looks like, right? And and so in that sense, I think for a lot of those people, they probably did not find these remarks as disconcerting um, as we did, right? Um, because they said, but I do think like that, right? And the president is right about that. And so I think that's, I mean, the problem for him is that that's a, that's a group of his supporters. It's not anywhere close to the majority of the American people. You're certainly not speaking on behalf of the nation, but he probably is speaking on behalf of a certain part of his base. I can't believe I'm and that's who he mostly does seem to be trying to connect with. He doesn't yeah. seem to want to broaden... Um, who he's talking to. He wants to talk to that core group. And that core group probably didn't find those remarks terribly bad and thinks the media is being really unfair. I think the way that you and I are reading this, uh, unbelievably, is that uh, Trump is parsing with nuance to a greater extent than the media is, perhaps. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I think I'd say that. And I, I will say, yeah. if you're if you're interested in the topic, especially of, of um, monuments and what we do with them, I was talking with uh, Professor Sarah Shady, and she's going to be kicking off her podcast sometime in the next few weeks. What's she's done, the, a, and the name of that podcast is, is Sarah Shady, public philosopher, and she's sure. actually done a lot of work um, it, looking at uh, memor- apartheid, pro-apartheid memorials mm. in um, 
in South Africa and sort of how those have been recontextualized without being torn down mm-hmm. in terms of how mm-hmm. those have been worked with. So we're going to talk about that in light okay. of thinking about memorials here in the U.S. So mm-hmm. fascinating. Um, so stay yeah. tuned to the channel for that. Chris, August 15th is what we're dealing with. Oh, it's got to be before. It's got to be before. It's got to be before. June 28th, yes. Trump holds $10 million fundraiser for his 2020 re-election campaign at his own hotel. So that is a point for Chris. Thank you. Mitch, June 28th. You keep um, getting the tough ones. I was going to say, I'm going to say after this time. I'm going to play the numbers here. June 28th. The next card is August 14th. Ah, Trump calls racism, neo-Nazis, and white supremacy repugnant to everything we hold dear as Americans. So we've talked a little bit about about that. that. All right, Andy, you're dealing with August 14th. Uh, That's going to be before. All right, he says it's going to be before. I'll just play the numbers here. No one's, nothing, nothing sexy yet. All right. Anybody counting cards? June 22nd is before August 14th. The Chicago Bulls trade Jimmy Butler to Minnesota. <laughs> to the Minnesota Wolves. Nobody wants to throw no a discuss card on So that. much I do. All right, but I'm we're going to wait on that. So, again, yeah. the HR department in Minnesota has been very busy. Mm-hmm. Chris, we're dealing with June 22nd. Ooh. Yeah, after. So it's going to be after. July 31st, right. Anthony Scaramucci is removed from his position. <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? Oh. Okay, fine. I got to do it. All right. Andy's talking about the mooch. Look at me burn it. No, I want Mitchell to talk about the mooch. Wow. <laughs> I just want us to talk about it. <laughs> I was on vacation. My I favorite. was trying to ignore this. I was like, I, you know what? I was on vacation. I, I will just say this to start off with. We went on a three-week road trip out west. And so yeah. my road trip out west to see our family in California and to visit uh, family and friends in New Mexico. My road trip out west was about twice as long as the Mooch's <laughs> White House tenure. Um, oh, but so, I, and I was on vacation for that. I, I checked news periodically, and I was like, "He said what on what show? <laughs> okay, really?" I was so, at, we were with friends, and I uh, said, "What did what did he say?" And my friends repeated, and I was like, "Oh my word!" <laughs> and then he was gone yeah. um, before I got back. So Mitchell, what do you got? <laughs> Anthony Scaramucci was supposed to assume the office of White House communications <laughs> director um, on August first. He missed that deadline by what was it like eleven days, twelve days? What, what day? What day? Thirty well, first is when he's. No, he resigned on the thirty first. So right um, yeah. Oh no, it was the fifteenth of August. Yeah, 15th of August. Yeah. So he actually served yeah. uh, the president for negative sixteen days, uh, which <laughs> is I think some kind yeah. of record. What kind of pension do you get for that? Does it actually get really good if it's if your service is negative? Yeah, so it, it actually like just a glitch <laughs> no, you, in the system. You pay, you, you get, pay the government okay. for having yeah. <laughs> not worked. Uh, no, I mean, part of this is, you know, the, the firing of Scaramucci was uh, the first moment where, where people hoped that maybe uh, Kelly would be able to bring some discipline. Right. Um, this, this was basically one of his first moves was to get rid of, um, you know, basically a troublemaker, although people also speculated that um, Scaramucci was there to get rid of, um, basic, basically to try to clean out um, Sean Spicer and... Um, did that? Priebus, right? He did no, that, right. and, and Priebus, and Priebus, right? And and, and uh, Priebus, yeah. And ba- basically, 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 that worked. They 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 were both gone. You cleaned them uh, out by drinking Drano. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then Kelly got rid of him. So it's just sort of a, uh, um, yeah. When 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 Chris was chanting, you know, resignation as part of our barbershop yeah. quartet resignation, song. Yeah, the resignation. resignation. Yeah, this is this is. <laughs> we got harmonies that time. Yeah. <laughs> You're next, um, yeah. Uh, in some ways, in some ways, you know, I would say I would say this is unprecedented, but it's really not. I mean, this goes all the way. You know, Trump having just massive <laughs> turnover goes all the way back to the very beginning. Campaign, and and like, well, yeah, and campaign the, the campaign. That. Uh, yeah, that's true. The, Manafort, the, yeah, yeah, remember that guy? Yeah, that's right. It was just a but year ago that Manafort was fired. Is, uh, the whole thing in, in almost in comic relief. Uh, yeah. The news <laughs> yeah. stories when he was first introduced as an incoming White House communications director were okay. This is a guy who's a smooth talker. He's a he knows. Uh, he he, he <laughs> knows, it is comic relief. Now in hindsight, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but remember, it's not like he was going to bring order and a disciplined message because he knows right. how to be a communicator. And for about forty-eight hours, that was the message. And then he gave one of the most bizarre interviews I have ever seen in American politics, where he had to have known he was on record, and mm-hmm. yet in a profanity-laden um, diatribe. Uh, talk smack about every other member of the administration <laughs> um and then so instead of instead of apologizing for it basically doubled down yeah yep. nope that was the right call <laughs> yeah see aren't you glad i made us talk about this that's right yes thank you so mitchell you are working you're, you've been in july every time <sighs> july 31st i'm gonna say after so this is gonna Ooh, be after july 31st. that's a gamble 
throw the needle. June 6th no. before July 31st. You didn't Sean play the numbers, Spicer you got states burned. that Trump's tweets are not to be considered the official statements by the President of the United States. What are they then? Never mind. <laughs> They're unofficial statements okay. by the President. By the man who happens to be the President of the United States. All right, Andy, you're dealing with June 6th. I'm going to go after. kind of have to, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, July 23rd, ESPN's Brian Windhorst reports that Kyrie Irving had requested a trade from the Cleveland Cavaliers, and one of the teams on his short list was the Minnesota, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Now, he ends up on, on August 22nd being traded to Boston, yeah, but it just felt good to be wanted, I have to say, Aww. as a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. That's right. So, Chris, you are dealing with, what was the date on that again? Oh, that July was, uh, 23rd? July 23rd. July 23rd. Ooh, that's close. Ooh, that's, that's, a that's a tight one. one. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna go after. Ooh, after. he's rolling the dice here. July 25th is after. Ooh, oh, you barely made it. Trump tweets his intention to ban transgender persons from the U.S. military. Oh, right. See, this is what I mean. So much has happened. This is one like I just, in, that just one. reading that. I was like, oh yeah, that happened. Right. <laughs> <sighs> All right. You are dealing, uh, Mitchell. You are dealing with. Uh, July 25th. I'm going to say before. I'm sure I'm going to get burned now. It says before. August 22nd. <laughs> the same day that Kyrie Irving yep. was traded to the Celtics. Trump delivers an unscripted speech at a rally in Phoenix, returns oh. to campaign themes, and attacks the media. There's been a lot of that. Yes. All right, Andy, you are dealing with... I'm going to have to go before. All right, he says it's going to be before August 25th. June 8th, James Comey testifies to Congress. Now, this was the one where when I read that, I thought, oh, yeah, that happened this summer. I know. That, that was like two was years ago, wasn't summer. it? I'm, I'm pretty sure. So that Guys, Mitchell, Ooh, Mitchell, 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 I'll play my first discuss card here. All right. All right. Yeah. Fire away. That was, that was important. So uh, I was actually... So just a little uh, story time. I was I was actually in Door County when this happened. <laughs> so I was, He was on vacation. I was on vacation when, when this happened, but uh, as as uh, I guess luck would have it, um, I was. What's, what's the thing to do in Door County? Door County. Um, the thing to do is eat lots of cherries. Okay. Um, and uh, and basically spend time on the, on the water and okay. look, and watching and, people testify before Congress and watching people testify before Congress. Yes. Yes, absolutely from right. Your, from your vantage point in beautiful Wisconsin. Yes. Yes. yes exactly. You can get postcards. Did your wife enjoy that as yeah. well? She uh, she did, and okay. she was Good. stuck in the Good. car with me during this. <laughs> So we were actually driving, so I didn't get to actually watch it. I was listening to it. The perils uh, of marrying a political scientist. But yeah, uh, yes. Uh, my, yeah, I'm sure my wife is very thankful for all of her decisions. But I will anyway. say it is the first. It is the first time someone has testified for for Congress where I used my DVR to record it. Oh man! Wow! Watch it because I had to TV. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, so yeah. So as I was driving north towards Washington Island, I was listening to. I was listening to this, and basically, I mean, what? what so there were a number of things that came out of this. Um, one of them being uh, that, that that seems pretty clear. I mean, we're not going to know until uh, you know Mueller comes out with his, um, you know, basically his reports or um, um, basic or, or um, why am I blanking here? He has so called grand jury. Though. Pro- yeah, he has he has called for grand jury. Mm-hmm. So that so, he hasn't so, issued any indictments yet. But. Yeah. So so we'll see. So we'll see what happens with that. But it does it you know at least based on uh, you know the word of 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 uh, Comey, it sounds like. Um, President Trump may be in danger of, uh, you know, of, of, of having obstructed justice, right. and that seems and that seems fairly straightforward. That that his intentions, uh, according to Comey, his his intentions and his quite clear and his actions were intended to prevent the continued investigation of the of, of Trump's campaign uh, being involved with Russia mm-hmm. during the during, during the campaign. And so just, yeah, and just as a perspective for our viewers or our listeners. Um, you know, when Bill Clinton was impeached by the House back in the 90s by the then Republican-controlled House, um, one of the charges against him was, in fact, obstruction of justice, yeah. right? So so that is a charge on which, you know, impeachment proceedings have you know, happened before. Yeah. And, and, I mean, basically, I mean, one of the things, one of the things that, one of the reasons that, that this might, that this, this might lead to impeachment is because essentially, and Trump has subsequently talked about this. I don't know if this is in the jar, but one of the things that Trump <laughs> came out later was he began to, you know, basically there, there began to be discussions of well, maybe he could just pardon himself and everyone in his, in, in his administration. Yeah. Um, and so basically, that's why impeachment is essential in these um, sort of moments because otherwise, the president can pardon themselves. Right. Um, you know, basically, you know, although there is have some, we landed on that you can because there's a lot of 
there, did a lot of Google there, yeah, there, there's, there, there's, there, there's been some questions. Some people question whether this, whether the Constitution's power to pardon extends all the way there. But really, uh, I think the preponderance of, of, yeah. of scholarship, and I think it's pretty, uh, you know, the court hasn't yeah. ruled on this one way or the other, but it seems pretty clear. The Constitution just basically gives the president uh, a wide open power. I mean, power there, are very, there are no yeah. qualifications on this. It's hard to see yeah. where the court would find a qualification for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I, you know, in that way, I guess, you know, once again, if we're sort of siding with Trump, you know, he seems to be right that he, he you know, barring impeachment, he mm-hmm. has this power. So right. if we um, weren't living in it, that, though, like I would watch that movie of like, <laughs> what is the, how is the court going to rule? On right. a pre- like yeah. if it wasn't real, that would be a really good movie. Yeah. Nick, Nixon's private counsel advised him that he probably couldn't pardon himself, but a lot of scholars disagree with that and say that he probably could have in the market of her. Right, but you still couldn't, yeah, you, but you could still be impeached, right? Absolutely. Point, right? Absolutely. Because that's a political process. Because impeachment's a political process, not um, a legal process. Yeah, right. yeah, but yes, he probably could have. Can I actually ask one more quick thing? James Comey, six foot eight, does he feel a need for the Timberwolves? You know, we could use we could use available. a backup power forward because yep. because I, I, I like it if towns if towns doesn't always have to yeah. play the five. I feel like you grab a few boards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. you know Comey's needs work. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not doing anything. All right, well, actually, actually, I think he's hitting the lecture circuit. That's what I'm seeing. No, so. well, he gets. What pays better, though? What pays better, lecture circle? Yeah, former FBI director, lecture circle, or backup power forward? That's right. (laughs) I really Um, don't know. All right, Chris, you were dealing with June 8th. Now, a quick score update. Chris has four points. Andy has four points. Mitch has one point, but you had really bad luck. Like the Timberwolves historically Uh, in the draft lottery. So I'm pulling for you. Mitch Uh, is. It's got to be after June 8th. After June 8th. Good call. August 12th, white supremacists and neo-Nazi rally unite the right, turns violent, and white supremacists attack a crowd of counter-protesters with the vehicle killing one. Trump blames violence on both sides. So we've talked about that. Yep. Mitchell, you finally have an August date you can yes. deal with? I guess I'm going to say before, but I, I can almost guarantee there's going to be. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get nailed by the one remaining thing that August comes 13th. after. <laughs> yeah, I can already see it. June 19th, Yay. the Celtics trade number one overall pick <laughs> to Philadelphia for the third pick and a future first-round pick. What are your thoughts on trading down really quick? Just that not in this draft, but just in principle, trading down to, to get more more picks and more assets. Love I, it. I trust the process. All right. I'm with all of you on that. <laughs> all right. Mitch, uh, we can't hear you nodding, Matt. That's right. <laughs> I think Mostly laughing. I'm clear on that. You, uh, you, wanna, you want the guy at the top of the draft. I like that. Andy, you're dealing with June 19th? Who's it? Oh, uh, after. All right. He says it's going to be after June 19th, August 11th. Yes. Trump tweets that U.S. military <laughs> is, quote, locked and loaded to respond to North Korea. <laughs> Chris, you do. You throw do your discuss card. Right. I was gonna say, if you don't, I'm going to throw one. <laughs> yep, it'll be the attack card to make you talk. Can I go let for me it. just more? Take a deep breath, audibly on air, while we clear out. <sighs> I just want to be a cool breath of, of 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 air here. Since the Trump administration has begun, our military posture in South Korea and in North Korea has not changed. The military is not doing anything different. We are not preparing to do anything different. And if we were going to fight a war with North Korea, you can be sure we would be doing different things. For example, we would be moving aircraft carrier groups into the northern uh, the northern Pacific. We would be uh, positioning our. We would be changing the force posture of our forces in South Korea, and even and, and that would be true um, even if we wanted to intimate. Uh, a threat of hostilities. We are not doing that. The only part of the American military establishment which is intimating any kind of threat to North Korea is its commander-in-chief. This is one of those cases where Sean Spicer might be saying, uh, might might be accurate that the the words of the president do not officially represent the words Mm -hmm. of the president. But I feel uncomfortable with your last statement, but okay. okay. <laughs> well, I was, try- I was trying to make a, make right. a, a paradoxical oh, yeah. joke. Yeah. But in all seriousness, um, yes, we are at a war of words with North Korea. North Korea, by the way, loves wars of words. Oh, yeah. Because uh, the animosity of the United States is justification for the existence of the regime. So we are facilitating mm-hmm. uh, the North Korean regime uh, with this sort of war of words. But honestly, we're not preparing right now to fight war with North Korea. The worst thing that could happen now would be if North Korea decides to press their luck and launches a missile that actually kills people. 
whether it's in Guam or in South Korea or something like that. And the Trump mm-hmm. administration decides to respond with essentially with a version of what they did in Syria, you know, a, a very limited, narrow uh, airstrike possibly mm-hmm. against – there's a couple air bases where we believe that they would they would use the, – they would launch a, a nuclear-tipped uh, missile from. And um, that escalatory effect would be the worst possible. Okay, so, so you say that it is – I mean, it really is just a war of words. We're not actually doing anything different. No. Um, is it meaningful? That I mean, is 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 this is this a, a is this war of words different than what we've been doing in the past? And is that meaningful? It is different from what we've done in the past. In that uh, the Obama administration's policy, which has been derided by the Trump administration, was, uh, was a policy of strategic patience. <laughs> let's uh, let's try to let's try to prevent the North Koreans from acquiring um, uh, ballistic uh, ICBM technology and uh, miniaturized mm-hmm. warheads. That's failed. Uh, mm-hmm. We need we now need to live in a world in which we acknowledge North Korea has nuclear missiles that can hit the United States. Uh, they're perhaps faulty, perhaps nascent technology, but they're there, and we shouldn't we shouldn't pretend that that, that that's an impossibility. And so, we're and, and by the way, sitting here in Minnesota, we're in range. Mm-hmm. Um, so so for those of us who aren't um, IR experts, how many other countries have that capability, whether they're friendly or not? How many other to the U.S.? Uh, not quite a dozen. Okay, so let me see if I can name them all: uh, <laughs> uh, India, Pakistan. Israel all have nuclear weapons, although Israel does not publicly acknowledge they have nuclear that weapons. That could reach the U.S. Oh, ICBMs. Yeah. Um, India and Pakistan probably could not reach the United States. Israel, it's unclear. All of their weapons are probably medium-range weapons. Okay. Uh, but they don't talk about it, so right. I, I can't say that with certainty. Russia certainly could blanket the yeah, United yeah. States with nuclear weapons if they chose to. Uh, the Chinese have ICBM technology, as do Britain and France. Okay. Mm-hmm. A, a British nuclear attack in the United States would be improbable. Improbable, right? Right. right. I, I was just curious in terms of like, like what? Where does that place North Korea in terms of other people in the world relative to what? what it could it be places them the in a small but not not insignificant group. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris, you are playing off of August 11th. Oh, I feel good about that. We're going earlier. All right. He says before August 11th. Uh, July 14th, Boston signs forward Gordon Hayward. <laughs> no comment, I presume. July 14th, Mitch, you are uh, jumping off. Of, you keep dead, getting right in the, the middle. middle. Yeah. More middle. Um, let's, I'm, sort of, I'm sort of counting cards. I think most of the stuff that I put in there has been called, so I'm going to go before. It says bo- oh. before July 14th. June 30th, Minnesota Damn, Timberwolves trade go. Ricky Rubio to the Utah Jazz for a 2018 first-round pick. <laughs> I love Ricky Rubio, but I'm very excited about this. So that's a point for Mitch. Andy, June 30th. Um, after. So at the end, I also want to know which HR has had a better summer, the Timberwolves or the uh, the White House. Um, you said after Jul- uh, July 28th is after. Reince Priebus is forced to resign by Anthony Scaramucci. <sighs> All right, we've already talked a little bit about yeah, that. Yep. I'm saving my card, man. All right. There's not too much left in the pot here, guys. Okay, yeah. so, you know, so. Maybe I should have uh, Okay, um, Chris, we're, what are we playing off of? July 28th? Okay. Ooh. Before. He says it's going to be before. July 7th is before. You might want to yes. play a card on this, Chris. The Detroit Pistons traded forward Marcus Morris <laughs> to Boston for Avery Bradley and a 2019 second round. Yeah, pick. play a card on that. Chris, you're a Pistons fan. <laughs> Can I just rant for a second? Sure. I am so done with my Pistons right now. Um, this is a team of dudes. I don't – like there's no – I don't – I I've, I used to – um. I used to like the idea of the genius coach who has both personnel and coaching responsibilities. The current incarnation of the Pistons has disabused me of that notion entirely. Stan Van Gundy is a good coach. He also looks like my plumber. I love everything <laughs> about Stan Van Gundy. Um, th- this my, my team is a hot mess right now. Avery Bradley is a good perimeter defender. He would be great on a team that also didn't need him to drop 25 points a game. Avery Bradley's not going to drop 25 points a game for my Pistons. Marcus Morris was a nice piece on a team with a center who is a borderline all-star who can't play in the last three minutes because he can't make a free throw. <sighs> Thank you for giving me get off All my right. chest. What's going to take to put you into a Timberwolves jersey, Chris? Ooh, that's a, that's a bridge too far. Yikes. All right. <laughs> um, Mitch, you are playing <laughs> off of – what was the date on that? Um <clears throat> 
I think it was July 23rd or something I like that. So, yeah. so I'm going to say before. All right. It was July 7th, actually. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you get all the good ones. Um, I'll say before anyway. Right, he's going to say before uh, July 7th, August 18th, yeah, Steve Bannon <laughs> removed from Trump's Ooh. as Trump's chief strategist. <laughs> Bannon returns to lead Breitbart News. Yeah, Yay. I should probably play that. All right. Oh, just a week ago today. There was less than a three-hour window between yeah. leaving the White House and becoming uh, returning as an editor to Breitbart. Yeah. If that. Right? Uh, I mean, is like, he a copy that's editor? That's the official what version. Kind of He's the man. Um, I know. I, just, yeah. <laughs> I like to think he returned to a job as like just cleaning up grammar. Like that would be funny. You could call it Brandon News. <laughs> you know how like sometimes uh, the, the typical trope when someone leaves like the White House, like I'm going to spend more time with my family. You think you think Ben was like I'm going to go spend more time with my Volca. Like, That's right. more time. <laughs> he took his family to the zoo and went back to Breitbart. Right. Well, uh, one of the things I think is interesting uh, about about Bannon leaving here is, you know, essentially one of the one of the things that a lot of a lot of people noted when he left is that in some ways Bannon believed more in Trumpism than Trump did, yes. and and I think that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, that mm-hmm. Trump is uh, you know by all accounts seems to be just be a cynical. Um, you know, he cares about him himself and looking good mm-hmm. and getting, mm-hmm. you know, mentions and positive press and things like yep. that. But he doesn't care that much about specific issues mm-hmm. and he doesn't really care that much about um, specific constituencies. He just wants people to like him and to say nice things about him. Mm-hmm. And so basically Bannon was the opposite of that. Bannon actually had a specific agenda. He had right. um, specific things that he wanted to do, you know, basically um, anti-immigrant, um, anti-free uh, trade, things like that. Right. So he's very much... Uh, the America first Mm -hmm. voice in the white house. Mm -hmm. Um, and in fact, one of the things that's interesting that we've already seen, at least some people have argued policy wise is that the fact that, um, Trump has now said we're going to increase troop levels in Afghanistan is partially a result of Bannon's exit because Bannon was the only voice Mm -hmm. in the West wing, basically saying, uh, we should be focusing on America, you know, basically the America first thing and Mm -hmm. not sending more money and troops, um, to foreign nations to to try to win an unwinnable war. Yeah, and when he when he left, I mean, Bannon said the globalists have won, right? Yeah. And there was the and the, the Trump presidency is not going to accomplish what we hoped, um, and he still basically is like, I'm going to defend it and also kind of attack it as and try to push it in the right direction, but it's not going to do what we wanted it to do. We being people like you know Steve Bannon, right? Um, and so you know he you know that was kind of his perspective, which I do think I mean fits with what you're saying, Mitch, and I think is basically correct. I think. The other interesting thing here is, I mean, this kind of connects to a story we skipped over, but also kind of talked about, which is the resignation of Priebus, right? So when we talked about the Trump administration about, you know, back in its early days, seven months ago, right? Um, (laughs) You know, these two were the two sides, right? I mean, Priebus was the Republican establishment. He was the guy there to reassure people like Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan that the Trump presidency was going to do some normal things. Bannon was the the base guy, right? I mean, the guy who appealed to the very core of Trump's words, the sort of economic nationalist types, right? Um, and now they're both gone, right? And now we have a White House run by John Kelly, who is a military guy who doesn't seem to have a particular ideological agenda other than wouldn't it be nice if the Although he's anti-immigration States... and was so true yeah, as Homeland Yeah, but he, but he seems to... Right, he is that. But... But he has he seems to be much more about order, right, and sort of a way of running the White House that looks sure. more orderly. Um, and the family. Let's not forget Ivanka and Jared. And, What's that? Let's not forget Ivanka and Jared. And we can't forget those folks, Tiffany. right? Um, yeah. So it's so it's interesting. Like those two <laughs> sides are gone, and now we have just this sort of you know people who are close to Trump personally or something. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's the I heard. Family. I was listening to Peter Fever yeah. on Elephant in the Room. Um, he, he worked for the Bush administration, mm-hmm. and his concern, especially with Bannon leaving the White House, and I was thinking about Mitch mentioning that you know Bannon believes more in Trumpism than Trump does, yep. is that he thinks if Trump's not careful, he'll get primaried from his, from the right, from the nationalist right, um, and someone who says that you know these ideas, these Trumpist ideas, were are the right way to go, you know, anti-immigration, pro-America, um, isolationism. But just Trump wasn't the right guy to pull that off. What yeah. we really need is Trump 2.0. I'm trying to yeah. imagine who can out-Trump Trump in the primary. Well, it'd be a more s- sober candidate with some of those ideas, presumably. Yeah. Like, But, I mean, 
Uh, like, who are we talking What's about? What's David Duke doing these days? <laughs> well, right. But KKK but, is kind of a killer, even in yeah. Trump land. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, well, I mean, I mean, just, I mean, just, just based off of, once again, on the Vice Rally, one of the people they interviewed basically said they felt that Trump was not the right vessel for this yeah. movement. I mean, they said, we, we recognize that he's friendly to us, but, um, but he's not, the, he's not yeah. really on our side, and he's not really the right person to, to do right. this. Right. So. But, that's, I mean, but my point here is like that, I just don't see, I mean, who's a real political figure, somebody who could actually do something more, you know, who would what, actually so, take these positions? Yeah, so right? one of the things that's really been disappointing um, is Pat Buchanan actually could be that person. Yeah, except um, he's 80 or well, almost 80. It maybe. I mean, but, 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 but if you've got somebody from that circle, but, but right, you know, yeah. but basically, I mean, you know, right. there, there are oh, yeah, a handful yeah. of people. I mean, mm-hmm. and specifically, I mean, I'm thinking yeah. about him. You know, he penned uh, basically openly racist mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. op-ed um, after Charlottesville. and. Yeah. Um, well, and, and in some ways, Trump is, I mean, he, he runs the campaign that Buchanan ran in 92 and 96. It's just that Buchanan is now 79 years old, right? So his moment probably has passed, and he was never quite as exciting to people as Trump, apparently. So. All right, Andy, August 18th? Oh, uh, before. All right. It's gonna, he says before. I, I play the numbers. July 14th, House Majority Whip Steve Scalise is shot while That's practicing. June 14th. Excuse me, June 14th. Yeah. Uh, shot while practicing oh, yeah. for the congressional baseball mm-hmm. game. I forgot about that one. Yeah, that's another one that just. Yeah. Right. He's okay. He's alive. Good to know. All right, this is our last round. Um, the score sits as follows: Chris and Andy each have seven points. <laughs> Mitch has <laughs> three points. Yeah. Okay. All, All right. So you're you're um, working off of June fourteenth, Chris. Oh, after. Yeah, I'm certainly yeah. it'll be mid July is what this one right. will be. Exactly. Um, July nineteenth, Los yes. Angeles Clippers re-sign <laughs> forward Blake Griffin. Oh man. <laughs> All right. The, so the, the Clippers are on the downward spiral, right? Well, yeah. They I mean not having Chris Paul. It, Blake and DeAndre is sort of your core. How do you, how do you feel about Point Blake? I'm kind of excited, but plus it's an awesome. Are you throwing in a defense yeah. card? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think I'm, I'm in on that one. So, all right, Mitch, you're dealing with um, July 19th. Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember if like all of my cards have been played. Chris, I don't know what all you put in there, but um, and I, I think they have actually. Yeah, so I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say before, but I'm sure right. I'm gonna get nailed by before something. Before July 19th. July 4th, North Korea tests oh, an ICBM missile for the first time. Look so that's that. a point for Mitch. Wow. All right. Good job. All right. Andy, I'm going July before. 4th. He says it's going to be before our last event. I don't remember what this is. July 21st, Press Secretary Ooh. Sean Spicer resigns. I it. Uh, uh, gave it to Chris. Right. Um, yeah. You, oh, he didn't get one of my events in there, though. I knew there was still June 1 left. So, oh. That's how I was going. Oh, I, I, I needed to even it out. So oh, okay. That would be this one that's in here that we're not doing. Uh, alas, <sighs> the Paris Accord withdrawal. So. Well, let's discuss that. Let's yeah. discuss yeah. the Paris Accord. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I haven't discussed anything you want now that I've won the game. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Chris gets to talk now. All right. Uh, Paris Accords. What is the Paris Accords? What are the Paris Accords? Um, so basically, agreements we'd entered into. Um, on climate change under the Obama administration right. that Trump has withdrawn us from, saying they're too restrictive to our econ- economy, basically, and he doesn't think that they do anything. So I'm going to be teaching um, international relations this semester, as I do every semester. Yes, and when we get to the section on international treaties, one of the things that I drive home for my students is that um, national sovereignty still looms large for most states in the system. What that means is there are very few agreements in the international system that can compulsively bind countries to do something they don't otherwise want to do. And a good example of this is North Korea's now uh, fully-fledged nuclear weapons program. Mm -hmm. The vast – probably everybody in the world, with the exception of North Korea, doesn't want North Korea to acquire a nuclear weapon. Maybe a few scientists in Pakistan. Um, (laughs) A.Q. Khan, I'm looking at you. But the – uh, the, the North Koreans pursued them anyway and got them anyway in contravention of UN orders, in contravention of international sanctions, in contravention of the Nuclear Nonproliferation Treaty. Right. And we can keep going here. Mm-hmm. The United States signed on to the Paris Accords, which stipulated in a very weak way 
that countries would sort of mutually agree to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions by certain percentages they'd mm-hmm. they negotiated. Right. But it was entirely up to the countries to meet those needs themselves, or to meet those standards themselves. Right. There's no enforcement mechanism. There's no punishment if they didn't do right. it. And they could revise their own limit, or revise their own goals as, on an as-needed basis. This was a mm-hmm. really weak treaty. This is kind mm-hmm. of like if you and your friends said, we're all going to work out, but we can set our weight loss goals as we want, and we can modify them as we want, and there's no penalty if we don't work out. Right. It's just kind of a common agreement that we probably should. Right. And yet, the Trump administration uh, withdrew from this. Right. So what's the rationale there? I mean, I think it's symbolic for his base. I think, you know, his base tends to be deeply skeptical of this. It's symbolic that, hey, I'm doing something for the economy. I'm putting the economy first instead of these sort of what he views as um, liberal, globalist kind of, you know, goals. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of the, the practical impact, I think it's it's questionable for the reasons you just said. I mean, it doesn't this wasn't going to do much anyway unless we wanted it to, and clearly the Trump administration wouldn't have wanted to. So, you know, whether we're in it or out of it doesn't make much difference for the next four years, right? I mean, I, I don't think it changes what they would do. Um, so in some ways it's an easy win for their base. Right. To point it's to it's playing to the base. It makes the other side mad, but functionally, it doesn't change what they would do. It's I don't choosing think, Pittsburgh so. over Paris. So, there you go. Pittsburgh over Paris. Even like though that. the mayor of Pittsburgh said, actually, we're going to continue to abide by the Paris. That's <laughs> <part." It's, laughs> a great um, line. Yeah. One of the things, and I, I was just thinking about this, actually, um, that we haven't talked about mm-hmm. uh, is one of the, what I would say is one of the, per, perhaps the most uh, substantive thing that happened over the summer. We actually haven't talked about it. Um, and that is, we did not talk about the failure to repeal and replace uh, Obamacare. Um, um, that's true. So, and you know, really, in terms of you know, while all of these things are important, and I guess I would argue that you know, Trump's yeah. failure to rebuke um, open open racism in the streets was mm-hmm. also substantively right. perhaps on the same level um, with that. But um, but but I think I think the failure to repeal and replace uh, yep. the Affordable Care Act is is substantively maybe the most important thing that happened this summer. Um, and basically that's because, you know, what, what, uh, what, what the Republican, both, both in terms of politics, this is what right. the Republicans have been running on for the last seven years. Yep. Basically that they, they're one of their main priorities is to repeal and replace Obamacare. They now control, um, both how, bo- both chambers of Congress and they control the presidency and they couldn't do it. And right. it looks like this is pretty much dead. I mean, there, it does not appear to be a path right. forward on, right. um, changing this. Trump doesn't even seem to, um, even care that much anymore. I mean, he cares in the sense that he wants to use it to beat up Mitch McConnell, you know, which is his own party, which, which he's really been doing the last few <laughs> which years. He's been right? doing right, which, 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 uh, you know, <laughs> which is another story. Inter- yeah, which is another yeah. angle to take on this. But you know, but basically, this is yeah. at this point, it's for Trump. It's mostly a cudgel. It's not yeah. um, something where he's saying, "Here's a new proposal that I want you guys to try to pass." He's just saying, "You should have passed something," which is um, right. bizarre for a president. Right. Um, well, and that's part of the problem with this. I mean, you know, kind of come back to what we talked about even during the campaign, right? I mean, this is a, a guy who doesn't have very clear political views. I mean, he seems to be in this mostly for his own ego purposes. So he doesn't really have any particular aims that I can see, um, perhaps on the trade thing. I think he might actually have some views on that because of his background in business. But I don't think he really cares. I mean, like, you know, well, repealing Obamacare would be fine if it's there, whatever. You know, it doesn't make much difference to Donald Trump personally. And therefore, I'm not sure he really, really yeah. cares all that deeply. And so, you know, when Republicans decided to go with him as their vessel, right, I mean, I think this was one of the costs. You needed you needed really good White House leadership to bring the warring factions together in the House, in particular, um, to, to find a something that they could agree on. And they simply don't have that. The presidency yeah. cannot provide that under Donald Trump. I mean, sort of two things. I mean, one of the things uh, that, that is interesting is, you know, one of the most famous um, quotes um, from the literature from um, on, on the presidency is basically the power of the president is the power to persuade. Right. And basically, the, while the president has a lot of formal powers, um, really what most of their power boils down to is how well can they get other people to think that it's in right. uh, their interest right. to do what the president wants them to do. Yep. And that's really what the, most of the power of the presidency boils down to. Mm-hmm. And Trump just seems to have no interest in actually right. doing that and trying to actually get people to think it's in their interest to to do what he wants them to do. Right. I mean, instead, what he wants to do is basically, you know, yell at Mitch McConnell and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. deride them in public. And that's not mm-hmm. a way to get them to think it's in their interest to, to follow you. Yeah. Um, and so and so looking at that and then um, the other thing that's that's um, that I that I that I think is 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 basically interesting coming out of this is just wondering, you know, is is the president actually going to be able to get any legislation through? And at this point, it's looking 
like more and more like not. I mean, it's looking like this is going to be you know almost worse than Jimmy Carter in terms right. of you know getting legislation through. I mean, he has correct me if I'm wrong, Mitch. He has zero major legislation through. I mean, obviously, there's been little bills passed right. for this and that. Yes. Um, so his major legislative accomplishment, if we can call it that, is Gorsuch, right? And yes. and that's really McConnell who got that through. Um, and that's not really what we would technically deem a legislative accomplishment, right? I mean, it's a judicial appointment. Yeah. Particularly um, because he had but, to use the nuclear option. And they had to use the nuclear right. option, right? Yep. So, yeah. No, there's essentially, yeah, essentially in terms of substantive policy, there's there's really nothing. Yeah. Because um, everything he's done has been just like executive actions or right. like withdrawing from Paris, things like that. But, yep. but nothing that is – that a, a new president in 2021 or 2025 couldn't undo in about right. five minutes, right? I mean – Yep. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um. Do you think that yeah, that there I, that there might be an opening for this president to make a little bit more headway on something like uh, tax tax cuts, which is the next legislative priority for um, Congress, at least according to Paul Ryan, when they return from when they return from recess? I there might be. It seems like there might be. Although um, it's going, it's if, if there are tax cuts, it's probably going to be. I'm, I'm going. I, this is just. This is. I, I'm going to say those are, they're probably going to be much smaller than what everyone had hoped for. Hmm. Um, what the Republicans had hoped for. Well, what the Republicans had hoped for. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah not everyone. Not what, everyone. The, what the? Well, yes. What what the what the Republicans had hoped for? Um, particularly because um, because things have gotten worse, and there are you know now the fact there's no one to really unite the factions. Um, right. It's unclear who is going who's going to be willing to agree on right. um, on, on on things that aren't fairly narrow. Um, okay. And yeah, and at this point too, it's also going to be a question of how how much is Mitch McConnell even going to be willing to send anything to Trump's desk? Right? Um, is he going to be willing to actually work with him at all? I mean, publicly they've kind of said they are, although we also know behind the scenes there seems to be a lot of reports that they just aren't speaking to each other. Not, and, uh, yeah. McConnell himself so. set off the record to reporters right. that he hadn't spoken with Trump in three weeks. That no. was a couple of days ago. So um, it seems to me. And I'm not I'm not an expert on Congress, but uh, the simplest thing to do is to have a tax cut that doesn't hurt anyone immediately. You know, push it, kicking the can down the road is always a, a viable political strategy. Mm -hmm. And it seems like you could unite <laughs> a lot that. of Republicans in, in especially in the House, yeah. over a larger tax cut that inflates the debt, right. but doesn't necessarily cut a lot of programs right now. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and then put, and kick the can into the into the into the Senate and dare some fiscally responsible Republicans to not vote for it in the yeah, Senate. Right. And I can see that moving you, forward. Maybe, um, although especially in the Senate, there are there, there seems to be an increasing committed opposition to a move that increases the deficit. And mm -hmm. I think I think there are people like Paul Ryan who would um, you know who would not be okay with that and would mm -hmm. probably be willing to raise. Um, a voice against it. I, I, it's interesting to see, and, and I also, and it's also interesting to see that you know John McCain is, you know, we didn't talk about that with uh, earlier, but you know John McCain has also started um, maybe minor opposition to, to some of these more irresponsible right. moves. So yeah. uh, it would, I think, it would be tricky. To well, see. that's the other, that's the other news story this summer, and I think it is, it is a wild card in all this too. I mean, here's John McCain, who's a former presidential candidate, and he's probably dying. I mean, yep. like, you know, we yeah. don't, I mean, not for sure, but the kind of cancer he has, you... He's extremely serious. You probably yeah. have a year or, you know, give or take a little bit, right? So, so you know, he's also got to think about, I mean, like, this is this is probably his, you know, last rodeo, if I can put it that way, right? Um, what does he want to go out on, right? What does he want to do? And and he he has to think about that, I think. Um, and I think, you know, he might think, I want to be remembered for a principled opposition to a bad president. Um, and not for being another Republican lackey, right? And that and makes it interesting himself because, up to do that with yeah. uh, his his dramatic no vote on the Affordable Care Act, right? Or and repeal yeah. of Affordable Care He totally character. did, and and he's got a, as Mitch said, and or Chris, I mean, a small but you know, I think substantial enough group of Republicans in the Senate that he can yeah. get together with that they could join with the Democrats to block the president. I mean, I'm thinking about people like Murkowski from Alaska, Collins from Maine, yep. um, Graham from South that's Carolina, enough. right? And right there you have four people and that's enough, right? And there's probably a couple others we could could toss into that mix too, right? So I think that's that's an interesting wild card. And as we think about sort of the, you know, what, what might happen over the next few months, I think that could be, yeah, that could be, a, that could play a role. Well, this has been very fun. Um, <clears throat> we are getting to the end of our time here. Yep. Um, Chris, as the winner of our game, do you want to uh, <laughs> Congratulations, you want to close Chris. us out? Do you want to? Um... I, I do. All right. Um, and let me just 
Uh, kind one of, minute is on the clock. One minute. All right. Let me let me, <laughs> let me pull back and wax broad about all the things we've talked about here because as we bounce around from day to day, the chronology of this may not have made a lot of sense. But let's 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 drive this point home. This has been a phenomenally weird summer. On the heels of a phenomenally weird spring, the Trump presidency is aberrant. And to editorialize for myself, it's it's aberrant in in uh, negative ways. There's there's uh, positive things are not happening as a consequence of the Trump administration, and mm-hmm. even, and I'm saying that whether you agree with some of his proposed policy positions or not, even if you liked the things that Trump stood for on the campaign trail, uh, and you're listening to this, those things are not happening as a right. consequence of his of his presidency. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. right now by any reasonable standard, a failed presidency. Mm-hmm. And his poll numbers are showing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the American people are um, are, are astute to the, this behavior, and his numbers are, are, are low and falling. Mm-hmm. And so let's keep that in mind, that the, the things we talked about uh, the, about in this game, these are not normal behaviors. The vast majority of the, the, the resignation of numerous members of, of, of the president's senior staff, uh, provocations of a nuclear-powered adversary, mm-hmm. uh, equivocation on um, on white supremacists. These are mm-hmm. not normal behaviors, and this is this is deeply problematic for the American for the American state. Yep. Take us home. On that happy note, I just I'd actually before I'm gonna, I gave you the ball and then I'm going to take it away from you. Yeah, yeah, there we go. I need oh. to point out that as our um, international relations person, have you guys noticed the bottom of Chris's shoes? Ooh, they no. are a map of the world. That's right. It oh, is so man. cool. Seriously, wow. wow. So sorry, <laughs> I just saw it and had to had to comment. That is funny. Uh, I am I am wearing uh, Merrell's. If you're interested in product placement, uh, mm-hmm. this podcast is brought to you by Merrell. So could you <laughs> just like cheat on tests with you? Like they, they like, could um, if Chris has his feet up. Particularly accurate. And, 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 uh, you wouldn't like navigate and, the globe. And, and with I would that. I also argue it's it's also point out it's a Mercator projection. So that's really that's a problem. Too, yeah, you can get, so you're, mis- so you're misleading your yeah. students with your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of my shoes. And uh, my colleagues here at Bethel University, you've been listening to Election Shock Therapy, uh, part of the uh, Live from AC Second channel. Thanks for listening to us. We're glad to be back. Go Royals. (laughs) 